Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Opposing Points podcast. My guest today is Kathy Barnett, the grassroots director and advisor to the Vivek Ramaswamy 2024 campaign for president. Barnett is an author, veteran, former adjunct professor of corporate finance, wife, homeschooling mama bear, and was the 2022 Republican candidate for U.S. Senate Pennsylvania that took the country by storm. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Kathy, and if you do, don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Kathy Barnett, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> um, so uh, you're, you sort of had like uh, this big run in the Pennsylvania Senate election, which we know how the outcome of that turned out um, with with what we have going on now. Um, so I want to start with what, what got you involved in, in politics um, and, and you're continuing on um, after that race uh, with with Vivek's campaign. Um, so I just want to yeah. hear your story. Well, let me just start off with the latter first. I continue on because I must, we must as a nation. You know, um, I remember when I ran for the very first time uh, for the congressional race and uh, right outside of a, of a congressional district, right outside of uh, Philadelphia, Montgomery County. And I remember uh, first generation Chinese Americans, they were perhaps my biggest supporters. They knocked on over 50,000 doors for me. Everywhere I went, they showed up, they, they, they donated money. They were such huge supporters and I appreciated them so much. And one day I asked the leader of the group, it was one guy, Paul, and I don't know, maybe 20, 30 little petite uh, uh, first-generation Chinese Americans, uh, surrounding him. And I asked Paul, I said, thank you so much for your help, but why? Why are you guys doing so much? And he looked at me with such uh, sincerity, but with no humor at all. And he said, because we have nowhere else to go. He said, if America turns communist, we have nowhere else to go. And again, these were all first generation Americans. So they remember exactly what it is that they, uh, well, what it was that they fled fleeing uh, communist China and moving to America, making a life for themselves, having families, um, sending their kids off to school. And that never left me. I think one of the problems that Americans have is that we don't know what it is we're about to lose. But I do, I don't believe it's hyperbole. I do believe we're on the precipice of something very um, dangerous, insidious, if we don't get our head out of the sand and if we don't continue to push and fight for our country. And so to your latter question, I remain in this fight even after uh, that senatorial race because I must. I don't have a second, you know, America is my plan A and B. I don't have another yeah. option. There's not another America out there. And so we must continue to fight. And so do you want me to still talk about how I got involved or... Uh, no, I think that makes sense. And 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 if and if there's anyone who would ever recognize a Mao style cultural revolution that seems to be going on, it would be the people that lived through uh, through it and through the outcomes of it. Um, so it's 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 not surprising to me that that you would see that. But I think maybe the children of those people are, are kind of, you know, that were born here are, are less likely to to support the policies of your parents. And so you have people in, in my generation and younger 
that are just like, what are you talking about? We don't have communism here. We need social justice and we need to uh, chemically castrate children that want to change their gender. You know what? I mean, like that is so point on. And Vivek talks about this all the time. You know, he talked, you know, his parents came here, uh, first generation um, uh, Indian Americans. Vivek was born here in America. And he says when he's talking to his, you know, to that next generation. So you have his parents, you have him. And then when he's talking to his younger cousins, for example, or nieces and nephews, for example, that next generation, he says he's, you know, uh, he hears them talking about, oh, we're brown people. He's like, no one, no one in the Indian community considered themselves brown in my generation or in my parents' generation. Mm -hmm. But now all of a sudden you have this next generation of young people, these right. um, Gen Zs, for example, who are now identifying themselves as brown and as victims and as having a hard time. But in, and, and, and as Vivek says, you know, it's not them who are having a hard time, this, this Gen Z generation, but it was his parents who actually had a very difficult time and that he himself had a much easier time compared to his family, although nothing was handed to him. He certainly didn't grow up wealthy, but he grows, but he grew up, as he likes to say, with the greatest privilege of all. You hear that word privilege mm -hmm. being bantered all the time he said yes I grew up with privilege I grew up in a two-parent household with parents who put an emphasis on education that is real privilege and growing up the way in which I did I recognize that too as privilege especially uh, when it looks at the when you when you consider education that was the key for me to be able to move from a pig farm in southern Alabama I grew up underneath a rock but it was truly education that became a key that allowed me to be able to begin to build a different life for myself. Yes, and it's and it's precisely the call for more of the government reforms that have um, caused the ability to have that privilege to be destroyed. Because you know, if when when my parents were bought a house, you know, maybe the house cost one or two times a, a yearly salary. And now we're up against because they thought everyone deserves a home, put two percent down. Everyone deserves to college here go to college, here's a here's a loan. And the government's involvement to try to close the gap actually widened it. And and we're yeah. seeing the results of that Perfectly today. Said. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. You can go to Vivek website at Vivek2024.com and you can talk and you can see his uh his comments on the Federal Reserve and how the Federal Reserve is responsible for this inequity that we see among different groups of people. Uh, in our nation. And it is just anathema, especially when you have the Federal Reserve, who knows what it is that they've done, actually come out on their website talking about we're here to fight inequality when they are the, 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 the mm -hmm. reason why we have such inequality. But you know, that's what I talked about also in my own book, uh, Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain, Being Black and Conservative in America. I used, I looked at the Black community as a Petri dish of what happens when Democrats and this leftist ideology comes in and take over control of every single aspect of that community. You would be hard pressed to find a conservative thought uh, leading uh, predominantly Black communities. And so I wrote my book looking uh, with the premise of let's look at what happens when these progressive Democrat-like policies come in and have absolute control to run rampant. What do you get? 
and I and I and I put in a clarion call for the American people that what you see taking place in these predominantly black communities, if we don't get our head out of the sand, is going to begin to spill over and outside of those particular communities, right? Most of us are content with, oh yeah, those things happen over there right. and with those people in those communities. And we never fathom that it will be happening right outside of our doorsteps. And that is exactly what has happened as we have allowed these Democrat leftist ideologies to become mainstay and to become normalized uh, for, for, uh, for the broader American culture. Absolutely. And, and the way the presidential kind of race is setting up now, we have Donald Trump. And when you, when you talk about, you know, the Federal Reserve, uh, you wanted negative interest rates uh, back in, it was maybe when the pandemic was first happening. And, and th this is not a, a small government conservative we're dealing with. Um, I said that to people, uh, they did not receive that kindly. Um, and we have uh, Ron DeSantis, and they're kind of having this infighting. And then we have uh, Vivek. So how do you see the national stage kind of shaping up um, for for Elaine to him to kind of make his way through that that muddied waters of of Trump, like Trump's rabid base and and DeSantis's loyal supporters? Yeah, well, I think we're watching it in in real time right in front of us. We started this race about eight weeks ago, maybe um, mm -hmm. at polling at zero. Now we're tied with Nikki Haley. How does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Except. Or it is the people. It is being uh, engine, engine and fueled by the people. We, the people, want something different. We're looking for something authentic. And uh, Vivek reminds me very much of um, Donald Trump in 2015 when he came down that escalator. He was saying the quiet parts out loud. And as a result, the American people rewarded him and got behind him. And I think that's what we're watching now. I'm on the ground with Vivek. Um, bouncing from state to state. And let me tell you, rooms are being packed out, standing room only. People know truth when they hear it. Not everyone, you know, some people have been dimmed and lulled to sleep into a really deep sleep, right? It's going to take some real jarring to get them out of that state of stupor, if at all. But for the overwhelming majority of Americans, we are looking around and we recognize something has gone fundamentally wrong and we are about to lose our country. That's not hyperbole, that this is happening. Uh, when you have grown men twerking in front of a group of six-year-olds, you know something has fundamentally gone wrong. When you see corporate America and, and, main, and, and the government um, normalizing the mental illness of transgender men who think they are women solely because they put on a dress and some lipstick and act ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You know something has fundamentally gone wrong. When you see, as you alluded to earlier, little children uh, being told that it's normal to cut off your healthy breast or to chemically castrate a little boy before they even know what life is all about, you know something has gone fundamentally wrong. And what Vivek is doing, you know, he often says fear is contagious, but courage is contagious too. And people are looking for something authentic and real. We're looking for someone who would say the quiet parts out loud. Like, for example, let's shut down the Department of Education. How many other uh, uh, 
candidates who are vying for president in the Republican Party have said that out loud? How many of them have said, let's shut down the IRS, the FBI, and for those uh, entities that have some usefulness, let's shut them down and rebuild them if we must. Let's get rid of the managerial class. That puts, let's put sunset clauses on how long they get to stay in office. They should not become the fourth branch of the government because mm -hmm. they just simply outlive and out and just wait out uh, elected officials cycling in and out. So again, go to his website, Vivek2024.com. See for yourself. We are, we need real leadership. And I believe that's what Vivek is offering. Yeah. I haven't heard it since Ron Paul and maybe since uh, Rick Perry, when he forgot the agencies, when he was naming them on stage. Uh, There's so many uh, of them. <laughs> I know. I know. And, and when you said about, uh, you know, falling asleep, it's so true. I think when I talk about these issues with some people, well, it's like, well, it doesn't affect me or, or like, I'm just not going to participate in it. And it's like, it doesn't matter if you don't participate in it, because if you plan to have kids in one day or you have your, your siblings have kids, they will come to your door uh, when, when, you, when you express uh, an opposition to the ideology, if you let it get to that Mao style cultural revolution where believing that you shouldn't endorse your child going on uh, on irreversibly damaging cross-sex hormones or puberty blockers when you oppose that they will come to your door and you see it in some states where they'll, where they'll take away your child if you refuse to affirm them or, or whatever it may be um so i yeah. think that's a really poignant point that you bring up An another thing that um, that you pointed out uh, is is his, his down-to-earthness i can't think of another presidential candidate that has started a podcast he had my friend adam coleman on it um, I don't know who else is willing to sit for that long with that many people and engage in a conversation where it's very easy to say the wrong thing. You and I are doing this. Like, it's very easy. People can clip it and do whatever they want with it. You expose yourself to a lot of vulnerability. And I think that points to a great deal of integrity that he has. It really does, right? And that's one of the process. One, I mean, he's just a genius, <laughs> quite frankly. And I mean, when you have someone like him, right, he graduated from Harvard University with a molecular biology degree, uh, uh, summa cum laude, then he went on to Yale University and earned his law degree, graduating at the top of his class, uh, starting multiple multi-billion dollar companies, uh, got five drugs FDA approved that, that solves real issues for real people across the spectrum, went on to uh, become a number one uh, New York Times uh, uh, best-selling author. And now he looks around and says, what else can I do? He certainly doesn't need this, <laughs> but he's looking around and he's saying, what more can I do? And, and he believed that this is the best path for him to effect the kind of change we actually need. He's been on Fox News. They offered him um, uh, his own TV show at one point, um, you know, uh, but he but he figured that this is the running as president is is my best opportunity to get to to answer the call for what our nation is, is, is in need of right now. And you're right. How many of these plastic politicians will put themselves with the camera for an hour long plus, you know, I, I think he has more than 30 hours of, uh, of, 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 the, of these long form conversations with subject matter experts and some, some of whom he agrees with, some of whom he takes a different approach with. Uh, 
in our culture today, he's saying things like there's only two genders out loud. <laughs> Controversial, go figure, right? Like in a couple of years ago, that would have been a no brainer. Nope. But today, it's controversial all of a sudden to say there's only two genders, and I know that for a fact, right? Mm -hmm. And that there isn't some kind of sliding scale. And yet he's doing it because he wants the American people to come along with him in this process of, of pulling back the curtain so you can see what it takes for someone who is real and substantive, uh, preparing themselves to enter into a role that is calling for bold leadership. We have never dealt with the kind of issues we're dealing with right now. And for these bold problems, we need bold leadership. And so he's taking the American people along on this journey with him. And I am hopeful that we have learned some things over the past several years of what kind of leadership we actually need. Yes. Um, a couple of last questions. He got into that, uh, that, little tip with former CNN host, uh, Don Lemon. Um, can we talk about, and it was about, you know, right, race. Can we talk about race if we are not a member of that race? Can we talk can. about gender? I don't know if you can, because you're white. <laughs> you're a man. I, I can't talk about now, anything. I can't talk about gender. You can't talk about, and, and you're straight, right? So yeah. now, when I run for office next, if I should ever run for any office, someone will find this clip and just segment that little piece out. But I was making it as, you know, putting, I mean, being a little bit um, over the top so that we can make the point that that's the culture in which we live in. But let's just talk about the, the hypocrisy of Don Lemon, right? Here you have a black man married to a white man earning millions of dollars every single year and have the nerve to decry racism and Vivek wasn't having any of it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And I loved it because that's exactly what we must do. I believe we have the better story to tell those who think generally like us. Now, we're not going to agree on everything. I, I would find it strange if you and I agree down the list on every single thing. Right. We're Americans. We're people. We're, we're thinking evolving and adults and so we should vary on some things but on 80 percent of the issues yeah. we're probably more in line and so i love the fact that you know and, and again i believe we have the better story we have the better way and if anyone should be willing to walk into these you know territories into these spaces with don lemon it should be us and yet you have people like ron DeSantis, for example who have said he will not give interviews to cnn or msnbc nbc and the rest of them why because they're mean because they lie and if you can't take on don lemon do you seriously think that individual is going to sit across the table from Xi Jinping and tell him we're we're about to decouple ourselves from you and your government and your and 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 and, and the Communist Party of China. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So again, I think what Vivek is showing the nation is that this is what courage looks like. Mm -hmm. Um and last um last question before we get to where to follow you and, and Vivek's campaign. Um what do you think happens to the country if Joe Biden slash whoever is controlling his thoughts and actions and directing him on stage. What do you think happens if, if he went, if he wins again? Yeah. You know, I think this, this uh, cognitive decline that we see in people like Joe Biden and people like John Fetterman, these are not bugs. These are features. This is what the managerial class 
and our country, this fourth branch of government, these are the kinds of candidates they love because there's very little to no resistance for them to use them as puppets, right? So when you hear Joe Biden say, I'm going to run for another four years because I wanna finish the job, what job exactly does he want to finish? Destroying our great country? We are now on the precipice of World War III under Joe Biden's watch and as a direct result of his failed um, leadership. We, yeah. What else does he want to finish? The inflation that is raging, uh, the flood of fentanyl that's coming across our, our border and destroying every single community within our nation, open border, the flood of people. We don't know who they are. We don't know where they're going. We don't know if they like us or don't like us, but they're here. And what do we do with that? Now we have our friends from a global perspective pivoting and having um, more open and unilateral conversations with China. So what exactly, so when he says, I'm running for another four years because I wanna finish the job, what job exactly does he wanna finish? Because there has been nothing good. And I challenge any of you to tweet me at Kathy4Truth, the number four, Kathy4Truth, and let me know if there's been anything good that has come out of this administration over these past several years that we can point to and say, we want more of that from Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm pretty sure if I asked Vivek how he would describe America in one word, it wouldn't be <laughs> like uh, like Joe Biden. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, thank you so much for your time. Where can people get involved in the campaign? Where can they follow you? Where can they uh, buy all of your alt books? Because you know Vivek's <laughs> books are your books. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I mean, I, I earnestly believe that Vivek is our best chance at saving our country right now. Again, I don't believe that's hyperbole. I believe we need bold leadership in the times that we find ourselves in. We need someone who's not ashamed to, to say the quiet parts out loud. And so, and if you like that, if you want to know more about that, please go to Vivek2024.com. That's V as in victory. I, V as in victory, E-K, 2024.com. You can also find him on Twitter. Just put in Vivek. You'll find them. My Twitter is Kathy, the number four, true. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for joining. It was a very fun conversation. Um, it's been an honor to meet you. I was rooting for you in the Pennsylvania race. Uh, I was pretty disappointed in that outcome. Um, and then the outcome of the actual, you know, uh, election to the Senate. What we have now. <laughs> yep. Thank um, you so, so thank much you. for having me on. Thank you.